Welcome. You are listening to Central Synagogue's podcast, featuring sermons, lectures, and conversations from Manhattan's historic Central Synagogue. I'm Rabbi Angela Bookdahl. Each week, we invite you to listen to messages of strength and hope given by our clergy on Shabbat or Jewish holidays. You can also listen to audio recordings of other programs and lectures given at Central by subscribing to this podcast on the platform of your choice. If you'd like to watch our live stream services or learn more about our congregation, I invite you to visit us at centralsynagogue.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. And raise me up to a world living, oh, safe from the storm, in the shelter of your shalom. In her book, Beloved, Toni Morrison describes a scene of revelatory communal worship. In a clearing in the forest, protected by the trees, the broken-bodied and broken-hearted gather each week to pray together. Standing at the center of their gathering, their leader, Baby Suggs Holy, calls out, let the children come, and tells them to let the mothers hear them laugh. At this moment, the forest rings with laughter as parents look on and smile. Next, Baby Suggs calls the men into the field to dance so that their wives and children can watch. Lastly, Baby Suggs calls the women into the field to cry for the living and the dead, she says. When the women finish crying, the entire congregation joins in the center to laugh, dance, and cry. When they finish, Baby Suggs tells them that the only grace they could have was the grace they could imagine, that if they could not see it, they would not have it. Protected by the trees, tucked away in the wilderness, Baby Suggs leads a group of oppressed and formerly enslaved people in prayer. The world outside of the clearing is harsh. Outside of the clearing, these men, women, and children are property. In the clearing, Baby Suggs creates a world in which the men, women, and children learn to endlessly love and embrace themselves and one another. She creates a place for people to witness one another, for parents to see their children laugh, children to watch their fathers dance, and mothers to recognize and acknowledge the pain of their world. A theology of justice and dignity flows through this scene. In the clearing, Baby Suggs' task is no less than prophetic. She creates an alternative reality for her congregation, a place in which their bodies, minds, and spirits are infinitely beloved and imbued with humanity, a world in which laughter, dance, and tears flow freely. Like Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt toward a life of freedom and service, Baby Suggs creates a moment in and out of time for her community to experience a different way of being in the world. In the clearing, broken hearts and bodies are healed, transformed by prophetic ritual and its infinite possibility. Perhaps these moments of Yisker on Yom Kippur are a sort of clearing for us, an open space, a time for our hearts to open and heal a quiet place of reflection and imagination, of laughter, and also of tears. These waning hours of Yom Kippur are a time set apart, a space in which life and death touch 
On Rosh Hashanah, we cried out, Hayom harat ha'olam, today the world is born. And throughout this long day of atonement, we faced our mortality and prepared for our end. Yet this day does not leave us immersed in sorrow. As the drama of Yom Kippur comes to an end, we read in the Ne'ilah closing service, you stretch out your hand to us in all our mortal frailty. And for just a moment, we can actually see it. We can see God's hand outstretched, ushering us back to life, resurrecting us from the solemn rituals of the day. The end of Yom Kippur offers us a promise. Ne'ilah means the closing of the gates, for the holy day will soon be over. But the gates of life are still open. The future stretches before us, ours to imagine, ours to create. The space open before us as we pass from Yisker into Ne'ilah is one in which memory blossoms into possibility. What is the best time for remembering, asks Israeli poet Yehuda Amichai, at noon when shadows are hidden beneath our feet or at twilight when shadows lengthen like longings that have no beginning, no end, like God? Our remembrance service of Yom Kippur happens near twilight as our shadows lengthen like longings, as our hearts open with grief, but also with dreams and yearnings and hope. We cry for the ones we have loved and lost. We yearn to hear their voice one more time, and we ache for their touch. And we hope to be healed. We pray that our pain will be eased. We dream that laughter and joy will return to our lives. Let us join with baby Suggs and her congregation in that beautiful clearing. Let us laugh and dance and cry with them and bring our broken hearts and our memories to that protected space in the woods. Jewish tradition brings us another poignant story about a clearing, an open space where life and death touch, a cemetery. Machzor Vitri, a collection of practices and commentaries from 11th century France, tells a story of Rabbi Akiva walking through a clearing in the woods and bumping into a man running frantically, carrying an armload of wood. Akiva calls out, how is it that a man does such hard work? Who is making you do this? And he even offers, if you need money, I can help you. But the help he needs is not monetary. The man explains that he is caught in a sort of limbo, having lived a life of greed and violence. He now lives a cycle of torture. And his torment will not end until his son, born after the man died and uneducated in Torah, will recite the Kaddish on his behalf. Rabbi Akiva brings healing to this tortured soul. He searches out the man's son and schools him so that he can redeem his father, say Kaddish for him, and bring him comfort in the afterlife. Jewish tradition accords a special efficacy to the words of the Kaddish. For our sages, this sacred prayer can soften divine judgment and elevate the souls of the dead. And for us, these words have a power that transcends their literal translation. They tie a thread between life and death, weave an unbreakable bond stitched in memory with the power to soften the harshness of our solitude. For the Kaddish links us with others, with a community of mourners who understand our grief and with the precious soul of the one we have lost. Even in death, our relationship goes on. 
changing with the years, growing as we grow, revisited every time we remember. The story of Rabbi Akiva teaches us that the living have the power to bring healing to the dead in the way we remember them at their best, learn from their lives, and draw inspiration from the precious gifts they have left us. And in these final hours of possibility and of mercy, we sense the healing power that the Kaddish can bring to us, the living, who rise to say these words, affirming our own ability to stand up and live without the ones we have lost. In a recent book, a modern writer describes returning to the observant rhythms of his childhood to say Kaddish three times a day for his father. He describes sitting in a Brooklyn shul on a Shabbat afternoon. He writes that the rabbi is discoursing about the blessing of the new moon. He cites a law. The blind are required to bless the moon. The blind, even though it is a sighting of the moon, that is the occasion for the blessing. I think to myself, this is exactly the predicament of the mourner. She must bless what is wonderful, even though she cannot see it. The words of the Kaddish are words of unconditional praise and exaltation. Blessed and praised, glorified and honored be the name of the Holy One. In the wake of loss, a mourner is given words of praise and affirmation, tasked with blessing that which she might not readily see. In the depths of our grief, we remind ourselves that life is good, that beauty still exists, that we are loved, that we are not alone. As we watch the gates close with hearts breaking open, may the memories of our beloved ones bless us, guide us, and show us beautiful possibility in this new year. Zikronam Livracha, may their memories be a blessing. And I'd always praise your name. Thank you for listening to this edition of Central Synagogue's podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you're in the loop on future episodes. And please follow us on social media or watch our live stream at centralsynagogue.org, our Facebook page, or on national cable at the Jewish Broadcasting Service. Thanks again for joining us. Shalom.